Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We are in a series, uh, it's called Freedom. And we are spending the next about 12 weeks as a church exploring this topic of freedom and what Christ has purchased for us through the cross. And we're spending time on our weekends talking about it a little bit. And then we're spending a lot of times in freedom groups together discussing a curriculum that we're going through together that helps us to dig a little bit deeper in experiencing the freedom that Christ has purchased for you. How many of you know the scripture tells us it was for freedom's sake that you were set free? And the word also tells us that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So those are all words for you. I just want to encourage you this morning. Those are all words for you. God wants you to live in freedom in your life. Freedom from what? Freedom from the brokenness of your past. Freedom from wrong mindsets. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from the broken spaces of our own life. Jesus wants you to live in freedom. Is anybody here this morning? He wants freedom for you so much so that he went to the cross and gave up his life so that you could experience the healing and freedom that comes through his shed blood. And so today we want to jump into some spaces talking about that. And I just want you to know I've, I've been on a freedom journey my entire life. I grew up in the church I grew up around the Word of God. I grew up around many of these types of, of events that we would take place in and take part in as a church where we would go through and explore some of the spaces of our life that needed healing, where we'd explore some of the spaces of our life maybe where we were hurt or damaged from our past. And here's what I want you to know. A, a, a wise philosopher once said that, that we're all like onions. We all have layers, right? Anybody know who I'm talking about? You got to love the movie Shrek. Come on, people. If you don't know that line, you need to go home today, even if it's part of your fast and watch it. Um, there's this reality that, that we are all, and donkey said donkeys, right? Donkeys are like young and we have layers. And Shrek was like saying, yeah, and donkey really liked cake. I, I would go on the cake side. Anybody like the layers of cake? Come on now. But there's this reality in our life that God is taking us through layer after layer after layer of our brokenness and dysfunction, and he's meeting us at each one of those layers with his grace and his truth. And you will not arrive at a place in your life where you get to just say, "Woo, I'm kicking back and riding the rest of this thing out. Why? Because there's things that God is revealing and helping us to walk through each one of us as we go on this journey of life. And so I just want to invite you into that. Emily and I were talking this week just about this reality in our own lives that we've had season after season of God working in us, healing us, restoring us, bringing us freedom in all kinds of areas. And babe, you, you had some just thoughts about that. Yeah, it was fun this week. Am I on? I don't know. Can you guys hear? Because I can't. I didn't. There you are. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week is really fun um, just thinking through freedom and its impact that it's been in my life, this journey that Tim's talking about, it's definitely not something that's one and done. Unfortunately, <laughs> it would be so nice if it was instant and something we didn't have to think about. But it is a journey and a process that God takes us through, and we learn a lot through that journey. Um, what was really cool for me is as I was reflecting, I just felt the, the Lord really spoke to me that 
He gave all of us a desire for freedom from the time we were born. And if we think back to babies escaping diaper changes, escaping their crib, their car seats through teen years and wanting to leave home, it's been, it's in all of our hearts an innate desire to have freedom, right? And what's really cool about that is it's a God-given desire that each one of us has because God has never intended for us to live in captivity Ever. It's never been part of his plan for us. His plan is always for us to walk and live in freedom. I just think that's so powerful, you know, and a lot of times we look at that tension we feel for freedom as a negative thing in our life, but it's actually something God has placed within you from the time you were born for you to be searching for. And so I'm so excited to be part of this study because we want to help all of you take next steps in that journey as well as ourselves because it's a journey. <laughs> um, you know, and so I started reflecting too. I was like, what are, you know, in our world, we have all these people searching for freedom. And the common thing is that we find is Satan is also aware that we have an innate desire for freedom. And so what he does is he takes this known fact that we're searching for freedom and he goes, how can I disguise my plans of destruction for your life as a road towards freedom. And some of those really common, obvious ones that we see in our culture are money equals freedom, or success or fame equals freedom, or prestige, or numbing ourselves with TV, food, drugs, alcohol is a road towards freedom. We, there's a lot of different avenues that the devil gets in and tries to point us in this direction that we feel is going to lead us to freedom in our lives. Um, and that's just, we don't want that. We don't want his past. And sometimes he's so sneaky. And so I was reflecting on a personal part of my journey that God really opened some doors towards freedom for me. And so years ago, actually, God spoke to me in a dream. And as I was dreaming, in the dream, he spoke to me and he said, Emily, your insecurities have become fear, and fear has become your captor. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> but it was such a powerful moment, and I woke up, and God just continued this word in my heart. And what the devil had done is I had exchanged my freedom as a daughter of the king and a daughter who gets to walk in truth and freedom with what the Bible teaches us. I'd exchanged it for a captivity disguised as safety. And I had decided that this was worth it to walk in this captivity that was keeping me safe based on insecurities and fear in my life. And so he can be very subtle with this. And he wants to disguise his way so that we will take a bite, right, and jump on board. But that's not God's plan for us. You know, as we um, are just spending time together in small groups and having these times where we're discussing, we're going to do it after, after service today, just spend some time together. Stories like this, each one of us have areas in our life where the enemy has tried to keep you captive to something. Maybe it is a mindset. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's this illusion of wealth. Whatever it is that, that we walk through, and God is constantly trying to bring us out of this lie and to help us experience his truth. And, and we saw that last week as Pastor uh, Chris Hodges was talking to us about the, the pendulum that we swing on often in our lives is to swing from the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil to the tree of life. Like there's these, this mindset and this rhythm that God wants us to be in, in knowing him and him being the source of truth in our lives. But oftentimes we just think we're smarter than God or, or we think we know that the scripture tells us that God is our provider, but we worry about money all of the time. Why? Because we've actually swung into this, this space of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that I've got to produce for my family. And so all of us wrestle in some spaces of our life. And the beauty of this journey that we're in together is not to sit here and point fingers at each other and go, oh, you've got that problem in your life, right? No, the point is to come up alongside of each other and say, hey, I'm with you in this. And I'm with you because I know what it feels like to wrestle in this space. And for you to be able to look them in the eyes and say thank you and and to walk together in freedom. We actually see Scripture teaches that you can't experience freedom outside of community in the body of Christ. Some of you are like, "Mm, I don't know if I like that. I didn't write it, okay? But the Bible teaches us that we actually find healing and freedom as we confess these things one to another. James 5 tells us that. And so this is what we're promoting and continuing to talk about as a church family is that as we do this journey of life, if we experience living from the tree of life as opposed to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then we get to experience new levels of growth and freedom in our lives. And that opens up to us new revelations of who God is and how he works through us and the love and the beauty that he has in the body of Christ that's around us. And so that's why we're taking time to dig into this today. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, For those of you that have your freedom books, I want you to open up to page 33. And 33 is kind of in the middle of chapter 3. And this week, what you're going through in your time at home and then in your your freedom groups is going to be this chapter, chapter 3. And really, chapter 3 is talking to us about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the impact that it has in our lives. And really, the key component of this chapter is talking about the renewing of our mind. In other words, letting God's Word come in and transform the way that we think. Is there anybody in the room that could use a little bit more of that? All the rest of you are liars. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, we, we need our minds renewed by the Word of God because our minds are really, really, really good at coming up with our own thoughts or ideas or being influenced by the world that's around us. And we need the renewing of our mind because it puts us on track with the way that God thinks and His agenda the things that he has planned and desired for us. And so that's, that's what this chapter is going to spend some time. But as Emily and I were going through it, we actually kind of leaned into a space that we felt like God had for us this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about this place of identity. And so Emily's going to be reading for us out of page 33, and we're going to go through this, and there's a couple things on the next page that we're going to have you fill in as we're going here today. So join in with us in the reading component. And if you don't have a freedom book, we'd love to get you one or get you connected with one. They're in the lobby, and we can connect you with those. Uh, but this is a really great resource for you to process through what we are processing together as a church family. So babe, do you want to kind of lead us into that conversation? All right, so we'll read page 33 together. So it says, how to live in the tree of life. Now that we know it is possible to be free from bondage in our thinking, our actions, and our relationships with God and people, let's take a look at some powerful truths that can help us form a firm foundation upon which we can build a life that is both abundant and free. In order to move into the light of the tree of life living, we must know who Jesus is, 
and who we are because of him. Okay, pause for just a second right there. For those of you that have books and a pen, I would like you to take that pen out, and we want to underline that space. This is, this is the key to being able to move forward in a healthy way in your life. Uh, babe, will you read that sentence for us yeah. again? So that last part says, we must know who Jesus is and who we are because of him. To help understand this, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And like we said, this is what the rest of this chapter is going to spend some time on, is this renewal process that takes place in our minds. But now let's look at a few truths that will help us live in the tree of life. We must remember that relationship with the Father is essential to living in the tree of life. In order to enjoy this right relationship with God, we must receive his extravagant love for us, Romans 5, 8 says that God expressed his great love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we looked for God, he made a way for us to be in relationship with him. He made the first move. So as we look at just this place of renewing our mind, we're renewing our mind. And the best way that that takes place in our life is out of relationship with the Father. Can I just say, as the church, um, it is very easy for most of us who've been a part of church for very long to hear that phrase and just to skip right over it. But can I encourage you in something this morning? Your relationship with the Father, your communication with Him, your connection with Him will fully depend or set the tone for how you will actually experience freedom in your life. Because without relationship with him, you will never know freedom. You can't, because he is the source of freedom for our lives. And this is the, the place in our mind, and I love how, how Pastor Chris tied this in here, that in order to experience that freedom in our lives, the first thing that we do is embrace that God loves us wholly and completely. I don't know where you are at in your life, but that is not something that we just go, oh, yeah, that's me. I just signed me up. I know that God loves me. Like, it's something that we wrestle with deeply in our lives because all of us have a front row seat to the mess of our lives, right? All of us have a front row seat to wrong ways of thinking. All of us have a front row seat to bad parenting. Anybody in the house? All of us have a front row seat to being not the greatest husband in the world at times, and so for us, it's very easy for us to begin to see ourselves with the condemning view that the devil wants us to buy into, but God wants us to hear from heaven this resounding, I love you, I love you, I love you, and that is never going to change. And when we can embrace that truth out of relationship with the Father, it sets us up for our mind to actually be renewed and for us to be able to live in the freedom that God has for us. And that's what is being talked about right here. How many of you picked up last week that Romans 5.8 was Pastor Chris's favorite verse? Did anybody pick that up? If you didn't, you should write that down. It's a good verse. It's a great verse to have as one of your favorites. So as we continue to explore this space, I just want to say over and over and over again, and if you were part of your small group this week, it was the first thing that we talked about this. If you don't have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, then this journey for you is going to be very frustrating. Because he is the only one that can help you through this journey of freedom in your life. And if you're learning to live out of this tree of life and a life-giving relationship with Jesus, this will be the most fulfilling moments that you have in your life. Why? Because you're seeing the love of God in tangible ways. 
as you experience his freedom in you. Let's, let's go on to the next space. That last paragraph says, because of the finished work of the cross, we are declared righteous before God. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us have been serving God out of duty or fear, much like a servant. A servant has an obligation to do what is expected. He is required to be faithful or suffer the consequences. Whereas a son serves because he is part of a family. A son is faithful because of the love he has for his father. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, God now sees us as sons and daughters. So if, if you would, turn over to the next page. And we're going to take a look at Galatians chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians here. And it, it expounds on this idea of sonship. It expounds on this idea of being a daughter of God. And it is so easy, um, and I'm not even going to ask for a raise of hands, but it is so easy in American culture to come and try and please God by the things that we do instead of find identity in who we are. That's an easy trap for many of us to get into in the church um, because it is always easier to perform than it is to abide. It's always easy for us to try and put on the actions of a Christian rather than just be a child of God that is loved by the Father. And when you're living out of the performance mentality, it is exhausting. Anybody with me? I have been there, done that, would like to never go back to that space. But when you're living out of sonship and and being a daughter of God, you're coming into a place of belonging because of identity. And Galatians chapter 4 says this for us. I'm going to read it right off the screen for us. I hope. There it is. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom. Everybody notice that? What was Jesus sent for? Let's say that like we believe it. What was Jesus sent for? To buy freedom. He bought freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So what were we formerly before Jesus bought our freedom? Slaves. What are we now? Children, sons. It says so that we could, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Adoption is the very heartbeat of the Father. Why? Because he's building a family, not an organization. Some of you need to hear that this morning. God is not building an organization. He desires a family. And we've been adopted into his family because Jesus came and purchased our freedom from slavery, which was sin, and has now birthed us into new life. People, this is good news. Come on now. This is the message of the gospel. And it goes on to say, and because we are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call him Abba, Father, or Daddy. Not just formal Father God, but Daddy God, you love me. I get to come sit at your feet. Even more than that, you invite me to hop up into your lap. 
Like this is the heartbeat of what what this whole freedom series is about is that the Father is inviting you to experience Him in this loving Abba way. And Jesus went to the cross to purchase that freedom for you so that you don't have to take on the identity of a slave. You don't have to do duties to make God love you. He already loves you. It's the beauty of the message of the gospel. But so many times it's easy for us. It's, it's almost more comfortable for us. I love how Emily gave that description that it, was, it made her feel more safe almost to live in the place of comfort, of fear, than it was to live into the reality that she was taken care of by her father. And that's a process that we all journey through in life. 2 Corinthians gives us this, and I love just how blatantly it says it right here. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, And I will be your father. This is God speaking to the church. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, I want you to picture this this morning. Because oftentimes, we have pictures of God that are really messed up. We have pictures of God, and I love how Chris talked about it last week, that God's like sitting on this giant throne with a scepter in his hand, and he's just waiting for you to mess up. My kids probably feel that way about me as a dad sometimes. And I, honestly, and that's what breaks my heart, that, that I have not conveyed the heart of the Father to them in the healthiest of ways, right? But there's a reality that many of us have, have seen that, or, or that's a picture that we have in our mind. And, and, and Paul's trying to tell us here, and Jesus was trying to speak, don't let your image of the Father come to you out of the law. Let your image of the Father come to you out of his character and nature. And that is, is that he's not sitting on a throne with a scepter trying to whack you on the head when you get out of line. He's a, he's, he, the Father revealed himself through Jesus the Son who came and walked in your shoes. Who came and lived in this world and experienced the temptations and the brokenness that you and I, so that he could look you in the eye and say, I am with you always. You're not in this alone. So that he could look at you and say, hey, I know that addiction really feels like it has power over you, but I want you to know I conquered death, hell, and the grave, and so you can walk in freedom. That is what it means to walk away from a slavery mentality and to live in this place of liberty as a son or a daughter. It's important for us to understand this because if not, we will swing. And just so you know, these are the two pendulums, right? Living as a son and daughter or living as a slave. Living as a slave is living out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And living as a son or a daughter is living out of the tree of life. And that's, that's what he invites us to. And so on page 34 here, I want you to just take just a moment and ask yourself this question. It's right there on your paper. Do I live my life as a son or a servant? Now, I'm not going to get too deep in this, but I want you to take just a moment here to jot something down in this space. Because this is actually a precursor for you the conversations that we're going to have in our groups today. As we spend time today unpacking the Word together, this is the the question that we're going to be asking ourselves together in groups. So I want you to just take right where you're at. I know we don't do a lot of times this in messages, but we want you to just stop for a moment and write in that space or think about this question. Do I live as a son or a servant? Am I living out of the place of bondage or freedom? Have I experienced this place where I go to before God and I love calling him Abba Father? Or do I just say, yes, Lord God? Again, not saying that he is not Lord or God, but he has invited you into a place of calling him Abba Father. Is that even part of your conversation with God? So take just a moment, write in that space, and then we'll, we'll finish out here in just a second.
it's weird having silences on Sundays, right? Like we, we need the Jeopardy. Creepy, timing. I know. <laughs> do 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 do. Does that make everybody feel a little bit more comfortable? Some of you are glaring at me right now and just saying, "Stop talking." Sorry. While you're finishing writing that, I really, God took me in this journey of son versus slave years ago, and a book, I'll just throw it out there if you're interested in diving into it, this conversation a little more in depth, uh, it's called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty, and it talks about being living as a pauper in his kingdom or as a prince, this same concept, and this book is awesome, and it really was God's start of me addressing the, do you want me to repeat it? Yeah, it's called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. Um, yeah, and it just really dives in as God really started, as I read that book, started doing this work in me, and I realized on so many levels how I lived as the pauper or as a slave in his kingdom and was not walking in all the promises and the truth he had for me to live as a Christian. And so I just want to put that out there if you're interested in diving into a little more depth of that. It's a, that's a great resource. You know, religion teaches us that our identity is built on being a good person, right? And so if we use the word religion, it's really this foundation of are you doing enough? Are you doing all the things? Are you crossing all the T's and dotting the I's? And what we see, though, is our gospel message, which is our identity is not built on our record or our performance, but it's built on Christ. And that is such a space of freedom for us as Christians that our identity is established on him. We were created in God's image. And as we accept Jesus and we walk into this place of relationship with him, we get to live as righteous people before him. And that's how he views us. Yeah, what Emily just shared with you is actually a quote from one of my favorite writers. His name's Tim Keller. And I think they're going to put it up on the screen here. Do we have that, Amanda, the religion? I think it'd be so good for you to write this down. Um, because this is a great reminder for us that if we're, if we're leaning into a religious mindset, uh, it will always be tied to your performance. And Jesus has invited us into the identity that we have in him as sons and daughters. And, and Chris said it last week, when, we, when we're living out of our identity in Christ, we're living out of, listen to these words, love relationship with him. I do what I do in my faith journey because I love Jesus. And I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. I don't do it because I'm trying to earn his love so that I feel better about myself in life. And it's very easy to swing between these spaces of our life. I find myself this battle in my mind constantly in this space. And I want to encourage you. This is why we're talking this week about the renewing of your mind. Because God wants to bring you into that space of where your life is defined by a love relationship with him, not by what you have done to perform for God. Uh, he, he desires that. And, and we've said this today, but I, I just want to make this one statement. Identity is at the core of your freedom. Identity is at the core. If your identity is found in the person of Jesus Christ, you will experience the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. If your identity is found in the, in the way that you live your life and, and, and the, the disciplines that you have, and I am a disciplined person, if, if, if your identity is found in that place, then you have to be the one to supply freedom for your life. And can I tell you right now, you are not capable. You are not capable. We need 
the infinite work of Jesus on the cross that transcends time, transcends culture, transcends everything. When Jesus died on the cross and purchased for us our liberty and freedom, it set us on a course that radically trajected, a trajectory that radically changed the course of humanity. Why? Because we didn't have to do it on our own anymore. And that's what the law required. And we are now brought into a place where he looks at us and says, I will go with you on this journey, and you don't have to perform for me to love you. That is a place of true liberty and freedom. The Bible says that our real problem is that every one of us is building our identity on something besides Jesus. That's the core brokenness of all of us as we come to Christ. We're trying to build our identity and our security on something other than the person of Jesus Christ. And you can do that, but here's what the Bible says. It's just like building on shifting sand. When the winds and the waves, and they are a blowing people, when they come to your life, you will find out very clearly that you are not built on something that is solid and that cannot be moved. And that is why we're invited into this place, really, of connection with the person of Jesus Christ. So here's, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to get ready to, to break into our groups. For those of you that are new to River Valley, at the end of our times together of preaching and teaching, we stop for a few minutes and get in some groups with the people around, and we talk a little bit about this. Did you know this is what they actually did in the Bible? Uh, after there was teaching, they would spend time together discussing the Word of God and, and how it worked out in their life. And kids, you guys are awesome. We're going to get ready to release you guys into a kid's moment where we have some amazing teachers that are going to walk with you guys through this. But here's, here's one thing I want to do for you real quickly as we enter into this time. First of all, many of you were involved in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And can I just, can I just tell you, stay the course. It is so worth it. And I know it's hard. We were here last night for prayer at the church and some of the fellows were talking. And we just know that anytime we're crucifying our flesh, where we're putting some things in our life to the side in pursuit of more of God, how many of you know in every way, shape, and form, things around you just start getting wonky, well, right? And then Crumble Cookie releases right. your favorite flavors last week and you can't Come order them. On. <laughs> but there's this reality and I don't know what you're Here's what I, I, I don't know what you've committed to in your fast. Maybe it's media. Maybe there's some meals that you're, you're fasting. Maybe there's some other things in your life. But here's what I want you to do is we set those things aside to pursue greater relationship with God. God is always faithful to meet us in these moments. And so this is our last week, our last seven days of our 21 days of prayer and fast. And I just want to encourage, I wish I could come and look at every one of you. Just stay the course in the things that God's told you to. If you've stumbled, if you felt like you've failed, go before God and say, God, I know you're not worried about my performance. What you desire is deeper relationship with me. Let's go there this week and really receive all that God has for us in our life as we finish out this time together. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.